do the same thing. Now, listen, I can tell you this. If I start interviewing you, you can say, this is not your show. Because somehow <laughs> I, I, it's my natural inclination, as you can ask the woman who picked me up. I just, where are you from? How, uh, how, how did you start this? Do you want to be a producer? What college did you go to when you met her? I love it. It's not good, it. though. I love it. No, no, no. It's bad on dates, and it's bad when someone else is the host. Oh, all I want to do is talk about myself. Well, good, because I'm going to ask you probably a lot of questions. <laughs> I love it. I'd be, that would be amazing. Uh, Mike, are we recording? Yeah. Okay. We're in? Do you have your sheet in front of you? Where's our big opening music? We don't, we're not? In post. Back comes the post. <laughs> Jeez, that open was good. <laughs> uh, hey, everyone. I am so uh, proud and delighted to have the most amazing Rosie O'Donnell here as our guest and uh, tonight. And couldn't be more thrilled. Um, she came and guest starred on Mom. And I started uh, talking about my podcast hoping to segue into trying to ask her to come join us. <laughs> but and, I blurted right out, I'll do it. And I was so delighted. My ears turned bright red. I was like, oh, yes. Can't believe that. I can't believe you're here. Thank you so much. Well, don't be silly. I'm honored to be here. And uh, my kids finally think that I've arrived because of, I, I told you, their love of House Bunny, which is how I first met you on uh, screen because I, I never watch the scary movies, but I swear to you I'm going to binge them on a flight to Australia. Oh, oh you don't know. Not necessary. I want to. <laughs> Let me. Please take an Ambien. I will. <laughs> and they, they were, I said to them, I'm going to go do mom. And they're like, <gasps> with Anna Faris from House Bunny. And my daughter wanted, she's 13. She wanted to take a week off of school. Oh. So we're going to make a little video, if you don't oh, mind, I love it. on the way home. Let's Hi, Vivi. You know. I love it. I yeah. love it. <laughs> so it, I was thrilled to do it. And isn't it fun to do podcasts? Oh, it's It's been amazing. Sim and I talk about this a lot, how um, liberating and, and fun and, and how we get to um, talk about ourselves a lot, which is always a I mean, I hate talking delight. about myself, but I love hearing when you talk about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll get it. <laughs> who could that be I don't there's know. somebody ringing our door oh that's the doorbell yeah now you see you are so calm i would go right into panic no. I oh bet my it's god amazon oh dot com yeah, yeah. i'm are you a prime <laughs> member? oh of course I'm me too prime. free shipping oh yeah and you could watch all the tv shows and i do and i yeah i'm i've become like sort of a little bit agoraphobic mm. and so yeah prime has been uh essential well, I really think that if Prime, Amazon Prime, and the Netflix, all of that was available when I was a kid, I never would have left my house. Yeah. You can consume great quality art 24 hours a day endlessly. Yeah. And I do. <laughs> I, I would be like a, a hoarder just sitting home watching, you know, Transparent over and over and over. What else do you watch besides Transparent? Well, there was a show that got canceled that was on FX called The Bridge. Oh, with Diane Kruger yeah. and Damian Rodriguez Garcia, something oh, like that. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. He was in that movie that he was nominated for an Oscar. Yes, and he's yes. like the uh, Mexican Robert De Niro. Right, I've been told. Right. He, he's an unbelievable actor, and it was based on a series that was uh, a Norwegian series. But it was the best show that I've ever seen, and it was two seasons, and then they canceled it. But the beauty of it was, it was ten episodes each season. So the oh. second season, when it ended, it almost tied up all the strings. You know, and uh, do you remember the woman from Run Lola Run? Yes, she was so great. Yeah, I want to say Franca Planca, but that's yeah. not her name. Franca Potente. Yes, Potente. Yeah, the best female villain ever on film. 
terrified me. She's really? got like that wonderful intensity behind the eyes. Mm. Don't you think I kind of have the same thing? No, you do not. <laughs> You're far too like, you know, cute, adorable. And, you know, let's I'm, go play with our kids. Come on. Like that little fawn right there. Yeah, a little bit. She was, she was uh, so scary and so good. And I wrote her a tweet. I didn't never met her. And I just said, you have ruined my sleep for the last two months. And there was this wonderful scene at the end of the movie where, you know, it was the movie, the series, where there's a, a something in a box. You don't know what it is. It's been kept in a box. It's a creature of some kind, and its finger comes out. And you don't know if it's a pterodactyl. You don't know what it is. And at the end, it turns out to be her father who has abused her horrifically as a child. And she said to the cartel boss, I will do all your books if you put my father in a cage. And at the very end of the movie... He escapes, and they're on this field with acorns, and and she's throwing acorns. Well, she sent me the acorns from the set. I, of course, had them framed. Oh, my God. That is so cool. Isn't that nice? But wait, I have a question to ask you. Are you normally sort of a spoiler alerter? Yes. (laughs) And I don't mean to be. Apparently, lots of people hate me because of Fight Club. I ruined Fight Club. Like back in the day when there was not so much internet where everything is ruined anyway. And I went to see Fight Club and the weekend it it opened, I said, listen, it was so ridiculous, at least in Sixth Sense, when you knew it was all like a, oh my God, to this day, people say to me, you ruined Fight Club. <laughs> I feel I should write a letter to Brad Pitt. I'm really sorry about that Fight Club thing in the 90s, but I, I'm a spoiler. And I forget that you West Coast people haven't seen it yet. So I'll write like the, one, the, the woman won a million dollars on Wheel of Fortune. Do you remember that? Are you Wheel of Fortuner? I'm not, but... How do you win a million dollars on Wheel of Fortune? Well, let me tell you, there is one little million-dollar ticket in the final wheel when you get to the bonus round, and no one had ever won it. And this woman won it, and I went ballistic. That's amazing. Because deep down inside, my real goal of my career was to host a game show. Oh. Mm, I would love to see people win cars. You have to host it. This is brilliant. I tried. I really tried, Anna. I, in my contract when I did The View the second time, Bob uh, Barker was getting up there. And I had in my contract, if Bob Barker retires, I am allowed to leave the show to do The Price is Right. He announced he was retiring. I met with the people, Fremantle or whatever. I told them my whole idea to have a theater in New York designated to The Price is Right. And instead of like, you know, Carol Merrill and those people, we would have Broadway boys and they would sing, you know, don't feel mad, don't feel sad. You got an iPod, it's not so bad. You know, like I thought it would be like I would make it into They were not interested and they hired Drew Carey, who's a lovely man and very good at the job, but I don't think has the enthusiasm that I, would I have. you know, I I want to be a producer on. The, I I think we need to resurrect this because you. Um, I love it that you get so much joy out of other people's good fortunes. I do. I know that is incredible and rare in this town. Well, when I was a young actress, my agent was trying to get me in movies, and Win Lose or Draw was on, and it was very popular. And not to brag, I'm very good at it. Was okay. that Sandy Duncan? Hosting? No, it was. Uh, Bert Convy, who, okay. who died, but the 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 one that was ha- that happened in the uh, was Vicky night. Lawrence. Vicky Lawrence, Vicky that's Lawrence, right, right. And so um, my agent always would say, you know, you can't do those shows. But being a young stand-up comic, whenever someone dropped out, they'd call all the comics around town and say, "Would you come on there?" So I remember I was auditioning for Lee in their own, and she's like, "Yo, you got a call back." I'm like, "Well, I can't go tomorrow." She's like, "Why?" Oh, I'm like, "I'm having root canal." 
I was doing five episodes of Win, Lose, or Draw. And I went and I would win people cars and thousands. Of, but I'm so competitive that it's bordering on psychotic, you know. Have you done Hollywood Game Night with Jane Lynch? No, I'm Anna. scared. Anna. I'm scared. Do it with me. Oh, I would love to. I, we will <laughs> win. I'll be, I'll be the giggler. <laughs> Are you good at those kind of games? No. Oh, really? I really think bad. you were. That's nice of you to say, but no, I'm really bad. See? I will, like, kill people to win the bonus round. When they don't pick me, I feel like I want to hurt them, you know? You didn't pick me to go into the bonus? Like, I feel personally offended. Uh, can we do this together, then? Yes, we uh, will tell them. Okay, I'm just going to be sort of, like, your weak, like, side kick you're not no i think you would be very good you just need somebody who's so enthusiastic they'll get you into it um okay so we're gonna start out um doing i I have a series of questions rapid fire questions to ask you i'm ready okay astrological sign aries Make and model of first car. 1978 Gremlin. Do you know another language? Si. Un poquito espanol. High school mascot. The Spartan. Favorite actor or actress growing up? Barbara Streisand. First pain acting gig? Give me a break. Nell Carter. Not the good years. (laughs) Favorite Broadway musical? Hamilton. Favorite Broadway song? Mm, Of all time. Of all time? Of all time. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The hills are the sound of music. The hills are alive? Yeah, the sound of music. I believe is the technical title. But, but, um... Okay, you know, but, but the favorite song from oh, that. Oh, I would say, uh, How Do You Solve a Problem Like Maria? Really? Starting with the very beginning, like, She climbs a tree and scrapes her knee. Her dress has got a tear. She waltzes <laughs> on the way to mass and whistles on the stair. <laughs> I know every word to every musical. It's mildly autistic. Because that, that's the one, because I love that musical as well. Yeah. But that song is the one that I'm like, well, I should we pass for? Really? Yeah. Yeah, because I love Doa Deer. Who doesn't? I love, um, what's the one? The Scared. Yes, that was brilliant. Like, um, um, you are 16 going on. That one's a little slow for me, too, but I love the one about, what's the one when you're scared of, like, of when the, when the, Dog bites when the bees sting. When when I'm feeling sad, I simply remember my favorite (laughs) things, and then I don't feel so bad. She did my show once, and she put her hand in her hair, just like she does on the mountaintop, you know. And I was—it was a live show, and I remember just totally blanking because I thought I have watched that 
and it was so formative in my life. And she was six inches away from me doing the same exact movement. Oh. I'm breaking the rapid fire part. I'm sorry. No, Go. no, no, no. Going. I love it. Um, okay. And now <clears throat> your least favorite Broadway song. Hmm. I know you love tradition. The, what's how does that go from Fiddler on the tradition? <laughs> tradition, mm, chick, mm, chick, mm, tradition, <laughs> tradition, tradition, and it pretty much goes on like that for like three hours. That's the entire song. I think it is. <laughs> and I was in that. You'd think I'd remember more. Um, your favorite tropical destination? I'd say Hawaii. I love Maui. I was there for a bunch of uh, months when I was a teenager. And, um, but I live in Florida half the time, you know, I've had a house in Florida for about 20 years and maybe a little more. And when I first went there, it was after League of Their Own to stay at Madonna's. Now we were never rich enough to go to Disney. So like I never had been to Florida and she invited me there and I got off the plane. I got hit with that humidity and I thought I am home. Like I love the Cuban flavor. I love the feeling of Miami of, of Southern Florida and I, it feels like a tropical paradise to me. I want to know, what was it like? Can you give us a couple of hints of what's like to stay with Madonna in Florida? Yes. Uh, it was the first rich house I had ever been in or mansion-y type, you know, so rich celebrity. She was the first celebrity I met. I mean, I was a stand-up comic. And I had auditioned for League of Their Own. And then Penny Marshall goes, Tomorrow, Madonna's going to be here. If you like her, she likes you. She'll do the movie. Try to be funny. And I was like, what could you possibly say to her to bond with her? But the weird thing was, a week before I had seen Truth or Dare in the movie theater, and she went to visit her mother's grave, and she has the same name as her mother. And I also lost my mother when I was very young, and I am named after my mother. So the first time I went to my mother's grave, it's very trippy to meet another woman who had the same exact experience. So when she first walked in the room, I said, I saw your movie, and I too am named after my mother, and she died when I was a little girl. And so it was like an instant sister thing happened, you know, between us. That's and awesome, because when I've been in, um, in encounters with hugely famous people, Including yourself, I never, I never know what to say. I don't That's have funny a common. To me, Anna, but okay, I don't have a common ground though. It's like, so what do? You well, we both have babies the same age. Do yeah, well, you know, like yeah, I, I, I would I, like. I asked Angelina Jolie one time, uh, how, "How are your children?" Like yeah, what, yeah. I don't know what to. Now she, I, I wouldn't. I too would be tongue-tied like that. And had I not known that I was playing Madonna's best friend, I probably wouldn't have known what to say to her either. Like, I was not somebody who... In fact, I remember when she was friends with Sandra Bernhardt and I was a VJ on VH1, I remember thinking, how can you be friends with Madonna? How could you possibly be friends with, like, the most famous woman in the world? So it was very weird for me to all of a sudden, like, be in her presence. And I think it was a real lesson in uh, the paradox of fame, Right how it can be a golden prison in some ways. Oh, totally lonely. Yes, and she had brown hair for that movie, and we'd be walking down the street in Chicago on a weekend when we weren't filming, and men would say to her, you look better as a blonde. Oh. And I was like, holy shit. Like, she was so recognizable. That kind of yeah. once-a-generation fame, like that Elvis, the Beatles, Madonna, it's a very unique perspective that none of us really will ever attain. And, and also to be like a sexual... Um, object for everyone, right? 
girls wanted to be like her or, yep. or and men wanted to sleep with yeah. her. And so I, I think it was really a wonderful lesson when I was very young, pre-children. And, and then we had kids at the same time, and we had a lot of similarities growing up as children. So we had a relatability. But I feel the same thing. I feel like I, I don't really belong in the Hollywood if I ever go to a party, which I don't, I always am like, what am I, who am I going to talk to? What am I going to, you know, like, let's go to California Pizza Kitchen. Does anybody want to go? Well, because there's that odd thing where you're sort of a part of a club, but there's sort of, there's no, um, like, true true connection, but you also, there is an acknowledgement of like, oh, I love your work. I love your work. So, and th- so, and you recognize like, okay, this is a comfortable space because you're with somebody who's much more famous than you, but you kind of get the idea of scrut- public scrutiny, but, um, which is, which is something that is remarkable to have in common with somebody else, but it, doesn't necessarily mean that you have a ton in common right and um it's it's all it's i'm just i live in fear i'm terrible well you know i call those awkward celebrity encounters you know when you're somewhere and there's someone else and you know them that they're famous and they know that you're famous and there's that weird moment where you go "Hi, hi hi and then what do you do right yes but i think here's the weird thing that i found out no matter who the person is no matter how famous they are they feel that too yeah. Mm. They feel it too. The only celebrity I've ever seen other celebrities intimidated by is Madonna. Like I've seen other celebrities of, you know, stellar proportion in the universe go, oh my God, that's Madonna. Right? Oh, and, yeah. Yeah. Oh my but God. you were on the set with Tom Hanks and right? Gina Davis. Yep. And so, but it was still like, even if Tom Hanks was in the same room as Madonna, it's still yes, all eyes on Madonna. No, completely. Because would, that yeah. kind of fame is really once a generation. Right. You know, I would develop IBS. I have that. If if <laughs> I do, I had diarrhea the first night on Mom because I had to kiss Alice and Janney. I had so much predator pressure. I thought, is she going to think I'm a lesbian being predator? You know that I had to kiss her. Can right? I can I tell you something? Yeah. Alice and Janney told me that you were the best kisser <gasps> she's had in a long time. Oh my god, that makes me so happy. She told me that. She oh was my like, god. I haven't had a lot of kissers, just so you know. I'm like a very nerdy kind of one-digit kind of romantic life person. You should know that Allison was very complimentary of your lips. Well, that's so sweet. I was so nervous. And that first run-through day, and, you know, then we went over to the scene where we had to do it. And I'm like, what the hell do you do? And she goes, oh, and now we kissed. Like, she goes, oh, kiss, kiss. I thought, oh, God, thank God we didn't have to do it. Once we did it, I was okay. Because yeah. she's so sweet and she's so nice and she didn't make me feel awkward. She was welcoming. But I've never had to do that in a movie. I had one sex scene with um, – two sex scenes in my life. One with David Johansson, Buster Poindexter, in Car 54, Where Are You? And he, my first movie before League that never got released. And he said to me, sweetheart, I'm sorry if I get a boner and I'm sorry if I don't. <laughs> <laughs> and then another one with Julian McMahon from Nip Tuck who is so stunning and so handsome, and he had a little cock sock on, like gold lame, like weenie sock. And he was, like, above me, and I, like, had a tube top on trying not to show my boobs. And uh, he was holding himself up so he wouldn't, like, during the 
before they said, te- you know, rolling. So, you, so he wasn't like grinding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was so sweet, but I saw him starting to sweat and his arms were getting wobbly. And But I looked at him when he took off his robe and like got in the position. I said, oh, my God, you're like Superman. Like it was like a like a fantasy, you know, something that I would never be brave enough to do in real life. Oh, well, yes, you should know that apparently you. Uh... Well, I don't, I don't even know if you know how much better I feel about myself at this moment. <laughs> I really do. I feel like, okay, that's a good thing to know. Yeah. No, she, uh, she doesn't, uh, talk about that kind of thing too often. And, um, she was very complimentary. Well, there you go. Rosie O'Donnell. Good kisser. <laughs> do you notice that when we hear your boy talking, I don't even flinch cause I have so many kids. I see the producer like, Oh no. Oh no. I'm like, nah, it's just a baby. It's all right. Was it that obvious? Yeah, I it was. Out of the corner of my so one run out. And like, well, let's get that kid quiet. You know? <laughs> Um, okay, so wait, we uh, we, we um, are going. Let's call. Let's yeah, let's let's, let's let's do a call. Okay, okay, okay. So now we're going to give our best advice, even though really we're absolutely not we're qualified. Completely unqualified. Not qualified. For that. Do we want to uh, give Rosie a little bit of a? Yeah, nope. sure. I'll, absolutely. Okay. Okay. We're, we're Zim, gonna, you, you we're gonna, uh, we're make call Juna inter- right now. Right. And Juna, she's, she's twenty-one, and she has a. Well, well, I'll get her on the phone and she'll ask her question. Okay. Juna, J U N A. Juna, that's a nice name. Are they ever not home? It happened to us once. Yeah, that's embarrassing, right? Hello? Hi, is this Juna? Yeah. Hi, it's Sim, and you're on Anna Ferris is Unqualified with Anna and Rosie O'Donnell. How are you? Oh, hey, I'm great. How are you guys? Hi. Hi, Juna. So you have a question Hi. about you have a question about uh, dating what you call soft boys at your liberal arts college. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Hmm. That is true. Why don't you give us a little more detail and tell us about that? Okay. Well, uh, I go to Sarah Lawrence, and the gender ratio is seventy percent girls, thirty percent guys. So that already leads to difficulties in terms of dating. Um, and then on top of that, it just seems like most of the people that I've gone out with here, like it always ends poorly. And I'm wondering, and it's the same with my friends. And I was just, so in terms of the like soft boy aspect of it, um, recently my experience has been guys starting flirtations and being the ones who, who instigate like, come watch a movie with me or um, like, let's cook dinner together or something like that. And then, you know, I'm hesitant at first because I, decided I'm a senior now I was like you know what I'm not gonna date guys from Sarah Lawrence anymore I'm just gonna like meet people in the city do my own thing but then of course I changed my mind (laughs) and as soon as I express interest as well they all of a sudden like freak out and they're and literally interest I mean by like yes okay I'll see a movie with you um and then like literal radio silence and this is from people that like I I've been friends with for years and then all of a sudden as soon as we cross that area from friends into something maybe more. They get like, I don't know what it is, freaked out or something like that. And then they say that it's just like, it's, it meant a lot because we're friends for so long, but then they just like don't text back or like we don't hang out anymore. I don't see anything. So I guess what I want to know is, is this something that happens other places? Is this something that's yes. just like at liberal arts? Col- yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Is. Yeah. I, I, I mean, uh... I feel like we talk a lot about about this because I think that there's a bit of um, a culture shift right now where men, um, young men, sort of 
have they have sort of their choice in terms of like I just want to have sex with this girl. I want to I don't mm-hmm. want to like make any kind of commitment because why would I need to? And I I can't, I can't I can't stand it. I want to have control. Can I I ask? I don't know if this is because I'm a lesbian. What is a soft boy? What does that mean? (laughs) Okay. So it's basically, I mean, I would describe it as like the millennial version of the, can I, can I curse? Is that allowed? Yeah, totally, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, So do you guys know what a fuck boy is? It's it's like a guy who like sleeps with you. Like courts you, like tries to get you in bed, sleeps with you, and then once that's over, he's done with you. Okay. Whereas a soft boy is a guy who like courts you and will like hook up with you for a little bit, but then will decide that like he just like he won't text you back because he's just having like a super weird day and like he's just not sure where he is right there. And it's more of like using feelings as an excuse to. Um, kind of be an ass but not even like you know if he's actually feeling all of these things then he would like talk and communicate about it and then you guys could just go back to being friends i don't know uh, if i'm doing a good job of, of explaining like, it like it's, soft like emotional so he's he wants to talk about his feelings so he's like a victim yeah, or, or like, like a lesbian as a, as a justification <laughs> for for bad actions i guess wow. right 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 so he's sort of putting the onus on you without acknowledging that like He's like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, class was really hard today or like my parents yeah, don't yeah. get or- me and <laughs> <laughs> I need to take a nap. Yeah. Well, what, exactly, what do you do? Exactly. When, what do you do when he doesn't text you back? So let's say he's like, you know, you go see a movie and then maybe the second day you like kind of hook up a little bit and you're still texting. And then when he drops off the face of the earth, what do you do? Well, that's the thing. It didn't even it didn't even get that far. So it's so scary. It literally he kissed me, and then this happened. It's like a couple times, and then he just dropped off the face of the earth. So I waited like two weeks because I was I had pride and I didn't want to text him, and I was upset. Um, Good, I like and that. And then I, he was like, <laughs> yeah, he was like a part of my friend group. He was like a friend of mine, and so I was like, well, this is screwed up. I'm kind of angry. And then after that, I texted him, and I was like, hey. Can we just can we talk so that I don't feel like this is weird in case I like run into you at some point? And we talk, and he like thanked me profusely for having asked him to talk because he said that he was like so overwhelmed because we were such good friends and he didn't know what to do and he was really scared. And I was like, okay, if that's the case, like we're totally fine. Let's just be friends. That's like I I didn't even want a serious relationship anyway. I just I wanted to see what was going to happen. But if that's stressful let's just be friends and well, i have not heard from him since that was like months ago like well, you he know i dropped off the face i think it's hard to jump that abyss between friends to lovers i think it's really hard at least in the gay world for women you know it, it's a mm-hmm. it's a hard thing to to do because when you have a group of friends and you're sort of hanging casually what is it that turns the flame on what what is it that why did you look at him and say this could be somebody who i want to get in bed with like how did that switch for you Um, well, he started being flirty with me and I don't know, after a couple years, uh, I studied directing and screenwriting and he was in a short that I made last year. Um, and we became like better friends because of that. And, but it was always completely platonic. Like I was never interested in him in that way at all. And then this year, a close friend of mine was like, Hey, do you think like, could there be something there? And then it's 
course, you know, as soon as she said that, I was like, oh, yeah, maybe, actually. <laughs> I didn't think about that. And then he started to be more flirtatious, and that continued. Um, and then I thought maybe nothing was going to come of it because he never made a move. So I was like, okay, we'll just be friends. And then he invited me to watch TV, and he kissed me, and then we made out, and that was literally it. I was like, okay, like, I just want to take this slow. Like, I don't really, like, I don't want to risk our friendship. I don't know what's going on. So let's just, let's just take it slow. So we literally just made out. That's the thing is, like, you can't even say he stopped being friends with me because I slept with him because that wasn't even what happened. It was literally just that he, like completely changed his mind as soon as I expressed interest as well. And that's mm. an experience that I've had since then with a different guy and that my friend has had as well. He's sitting across from me right now. <laughs> Hi, friend. Hi, friend. <laughs> but listen, I think that here's the good news is that I think that mm-hmm. this is less about him and your attraction to him and more about like, why didn't he because i i am so insecure i i if a guy that i'm not even well not so much anymore but back in the day if a guy that i wasn't even that Mm -hmm. interested in didn't adore me i Mm -hmm. was like like wait wait a minute what's that like we yeah we i I have to work harder (laughs) like and not without even like any interest in this person i didn't want to sleep with them i just wanted the adoration i needed like the confirmation and i think that this dude um sounds like a real fucking piece of shit (laughs) (laughs) now that's a good friend right there anna that is a good friend now i didn't want to say this but maybe you were a very bad kisser I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm feeling confident that Alice and Janney thought I was a good kisser. But no, I don't know. You know, I, I have to say that I have uh, four children, you know, 20, 18, 16, and 13. And the whole thing of okay. kids today, including you, Miss College person, uh, it's a different world than when I was a kid. Like the rules are different that you can like hook up with a friend and nobody walks away embarrassed and ashamed the next day or feels like a tramp or a whore. You know, these are the things as a 53 year old that, that went on when I was in college. If, if, if that occurred, uh, you know, there would be connections and ramifications. So I'm not quite sure what, what the, the ethics are or what, what the rules are of dating, um, in college casually with friends. I don't know. Maybe he, maybe when you said to him I want to go slow and take it slow he thought mm, I'm going to go somewhere else and get a little some some hey, you know possible. yeah yeah totally and also though I do think that like if I when I was in college if I hooked up with somebody even if I wasn't that attracted to them um I desperately wanted them to just be passionate about me mm. like it was so much yeah. more about somebody liking me as opposed to me actually liking them. And, mm-hmm. um, and I just think, I feel like this dude is, he doesn't know what he has. <laughs> and and what, what if he liked oh. you, if he liked you back, do you think you would have remained interested? Great. 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 I mean, Pardon, could you repeat that? Like if he had liked you back, if he had, uh, you know, called you and texted you back after that one night of making out. Like if he out, was like getting really aggressive. Yeah, do you think you would have been as interested or it's only in his rejection that he becomes fascinating, you know? <laughs> um, that's a good question. No, I think that I genuinely would have been interested because I hadn't like had a like like crush in that kind of way for a while mm. um, because it was going so slow and because we've been friends for a while. Um, but, but that's then the thing is that obviously like completely turned me off. So. But it took your friend saying like, 
I think this could be something for you for 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 it to open that door in your head. You know what I'm saying? True, so true. like I wonder but if I am friends yeah. have like a ton of influence. Yes. If a friend says, "Oh, that guy's That's gross," then instantly he sort of becomes or if the, a friend says, "Oh my god, that guy's hot," and you'd never really thought of that person that way, it can be really influential. The same thing with guys too. If a guy said that about oh, a girl, Sam, that... don't you even go there. You know, <laughs> you know that I know this. <laughs> yeah, no, that's definitely true. That's 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 a good point. Well, what I would say as someone who's old enough to be your mom is don't take this as a um, something that is bad about you. You know, who knows what he's going through? Maybe he's gay and he hasn't figured it out. You know, a guy who's making out with you and is okay with just making out when you're 21 and a senior at Sarah Lawrence. I don't know. Maybe he's got a lot of questions about himself. I I don't necessarily think you should use that as a barometer of your attractiveness. Well, I mean, like, he definitely wanted to go further. Oh, he did. Okay. But you were like, yield, (laughs) buddy, yield. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. I was just like, look, I... I I was scared that if I slept with him, he would. I was like, I don't want to sleep with you and then like not hear from you again. So I figured by not doing that, maybe I would I would stop that from happening. But apparently not. Hmm. I think you're really smart. Yeah, you're playing this really smart. <laughs> and you go to a great college, so just think about all the guys you're going to get when you graduate. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, thanks. Thank you. Thank you so much. And remember, we're unqualified, so don't take anything we say to heart. (laughs) I appreciate that. And will you please say hi to your friend? Hi, friend. Hi, friend. What's your friend's name? Shara. 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 Hi, Shara. Shara, you're our friend, too. (laughs) Thank you so much, Juna. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Good Good luck with your career. Write something for us to star in. Yes. (laughs) Oh, my God. I just hung up on her. You hung up on her. She's going to feel bad about that, too. I've I've done that. You know, I I pulled the trigger way too soon. Do you? I I know. I don't know. I heard that boys happen. That happens to boys. I don't know. Not a lot of experience over here on the lesbian quadrant of this gap. I don't even know what I was saying. Go ahead. Um, okay, so I think maybe we should call. Sir. All right, yeah. That's hard. You know, I don't know how you go from friends to something else without feeling horribly awkward. Have you done that, like with friends? Like all of a sudden, oh, that's the one I'm interested in? No. I did it once, did not work. No. No. It hasn't really worked for any of my friends either. I, I just feel like it's a very difficult 
hump to go over. It's very it's just a transition from friend friend zone to something romantic. I I rarely ever see it work. It's a very lesbian move. That's all I want to say. <laughs> a lot of lesbians, you know, there's there's only a certain amount, and you find like that show the L word. Remember they had that chart with who had slept with who and who had slept with who. It's it's yeah. very um, kind of an accurate portrayal of what happens in the dating lesbian world. Not that I date a lot. I'm more of a serial monogamist. <laughs> I am too, though. Yeah. I am too. I wish uh-huh. I was more of a player. Me too. I never was. I never will. I was be. a flirt. Were you? I still am. I I'm think. not even good at flirting. Really? No, not at all. I don't even know when people are flirting with me. Sometimes people will say, "Couldn't you tell?" I was like, "No." There's this one Broadway star, and 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 she said to me uh, about five years ago, "I'm so embarrassed." And I was like, "For what?" She goes, "Well, when you were single, like I remember, I was hitting on you." When was that? No one told me. Like, I need a sign that, like, a flashing neon hitting on you now, hitting on you now. Otherwise, I think everybody wants to be my friend, possibly go bowling. Like, I don't really think of it in, in, as that. So you you're know? normally the aggressor then? When you're... Never. No. Never the aggressor and never the uh, instigator of the sexual encounter, ever, no. to the point that it has annoyed everyone I've been with. And I think, not to get too heavy, it's because of, you know, abuse as a child that I never want anyone to feel they have to do something that they don't want to do. So unless you let me know that you're really interested in doing it, mm-hmm. you know, and, and for, for one uh, relationship I had, we, the therapist said, well, light a candle. If either person wants, so, you know, I'd go in the room and look at the candle. If I saw the candle, then I had panic and ulcerative colitis or <laughs> bowel syndrome. Yeah, but um, no, I am never the aggressor. Ever, ever, ever. Which people think is interesting because I have a persona of kind of like, you know, I'll tell off uh, political leaders. I'll say what I think about this. I don't care about getting in a, a socially um, controversial situation if, if I feel strongly about it. But never in terms of romance. I'm not either. I, and I don't think you are you. Oh, yes, of course I am. You, you are? I have to be. Why? I don't know. I, I'm not going to just wait around and have women. Just, no, no, no. Like I, 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 you're, there's a difference between being the aggressor and being proactive. Right. You're proactive. Yes. You're not like the aggressor. I think you, I'm aggressive without being annoying, if that makes sense. No, but but like if uh, you, like you won't invest a ton of time necessarily if you're not getting the right signals. Right away, almost immediately. Yeah. I'm not going to wait around and just mope about it and think about it. Oh, does she like me? Does she not? You know, examine text messages, ask my friends for advice. What is she? No, I'm not going to do that. That's what I do. Really? Totally. I'm like, does this mean she, can you listen to this message? Do you think she was asking me out on a date? Is that what it means? Well, it says it. No, but I don't think she meant it that way. Do you think she's meaning, I'm totally like dorky, loser, nerd, or holic, you know? I wish I wasn't. I kind of wish I had, you know, for a long time, Howard Stern would talk about me not in a positive way on his show. We're now cool. But for a long time, and and he would tell these stories, he would say that he had a friend who was the concierge at the Four Seasons who would tell him that I had like babes up in my room and champagne and these parts. And he really believed that. And to my friends, it was comical. Like they would call me up and say, you're not going to believe what he said. Because for a long time, you know, not only was I in the single digits, I was on the one hand, right? How many people I had been mm-hmm. with. And it's the opposite of, of, of what he had imagined my, you know, kind of Rico Suave moves were. You know, I, I never have had that kind of confidence in a romantic or sexual situation. I wonder why it's a, that was a weird inclination to 
to assume or like to, I mean, as a lesbian, it must be so like, because men are, feel very complicated about the idea. They have fantasy. Yes. And so I I don't know quite where I'm going here. But but I think they think there must be a man who runs the fuck and that, you know, (laughs) if if you're like, you know, what I I think I'm perceived to be like a tough kind of, you know, bigger kind of like tell you off, not afraid to that I would be that way romantically but i'm i'm so much of a that's why i love the line that we did in mom where you know allison and i supposedly had sex and uh, an hour and a half and she says well we're lesbians there was a lot of cuddling i'm like that is so true <laughs> you know sometimes i'm like honey let's just spoons come on it's a, let's just get spoons you're so you look so cute in that thong like i don't even you know I, maybe it's menopause but <laughs> that's for me, you know, more than enough. A good spoons is just as good as anything else. Oh, that's uh, really sweet and romantic. Is it? It kind of annoys the people I'm with, but thanks for thinking it's sweet. No, I like a, I like a good spoon. A spoon is good. Better, right? better than a knife. Without a doubt. <laughs> um, okay, so now we are going to call um, our special guest. Right, it's a let's, mystery let's guest. Get her on, let's get her on the phone right now. Does she have a problem? Is she calling in with an issue? Hopefully you recognize. Okay, let me see. Let's see. Is someone I know and love? Not sure. Not sure. Oh, let me see. I'm sure you love her. <laughs> you sure I love her? But I might not. Hello. Know. <gasps> Hello? Is this is this Aubrey? <gasps> yes, it is. My Aubrey. My Aubrey. Oh my God. Honey, how are you? Rosie. Yes. <laughs> How are you? I'm so happy to Wait, I, I have you. to interject really quickly. So this is Aubrey Plaza, the brilliant actress Hi. from many a movie and Parks and Recreation. And um, and she has a special connection with Rosie. And so we're super excited to have her right now. Yeah, she's the That's sweetest. Right. Rosie, how oh, are you? I'm good, honey. I, you know, that night that we met was one of the most moving nights when you were talking to me honestly about what what you know i meant to you when you were a little girl it was really very moving for me and i've loved you ever since thanks did you did you um tell them what i said about your book and everything well, I th- that my book there was like an unauthorized biography of Rosie O'Donnell, I believe, and this was the book. Okay, yeah, yeah, it and was this Rosie. Wait, you didn't write it? I thought you wrote. <laughs> no, I didn't. But it's okay. It was still. It was pretty accurate, and I'm glad it moved you. My life is a lie. <laughs> it's not a lie. It's just somebody who never paid me for his telling my story. No, it was. Uh, a, you didn't write. You didn't write the book called Rosie. Well, was it the when was it like a young for young kids? I don't know. I don't All know. All I either. know is I read it in seventh grade, mm, and I carried it around with me. And I wouldn't. I would keep it on my desk in every classroom and all the teachers. Because I went to a very Catholic, private Catholic all girls school, and all my teachers would tell me that I would have to m- remove it from my desk, and I refused. I got in trouble multiple times. Nothing, nothing is cuter. I think that was the one that People Magazine did, and they did like young uh, biographies for younger kids. And I think that that I did participate in that. So I take it back, Aubrey. You were not wasting your childhood. But wait, Aubrey, was there like a specific, like anecdote or story that really moved you to? Um, I mean, 
All I remember is it said in in the book it quoted you. I'm pretty sure it quoted you saying that if you have a net, you will fall into it. Yes. And I use I quoted you all the time whenever my parents would tell me that I you know should get a real job and not try to be a comedian and you know have a backup plan yes. and I would always be like, well, Rosie's that I didn't have to do that. Well, so. yeah, that was my dad who was, uh, you know, Irish and he used to say, you know, love, you've got to finish college, darling. You've got to do it because you've got to have a safety net. Nobody makes it in showbiz. And I was like, Dad, if I have something to fall back on, I'm going to fall back. I don't want to fall back. The only way I'm going to go forward is if I know I can't fall back, you know. And uh, event- yeah. eventually he, he got with the program. But, you know, when I think about it now as a mother that I was a 16-year-old girl on the road with 35-year-old male comedians. I could understand my father being trepidatious, right? But at the time, that was my one focus, was to, to do what I wanted to do. And I'm glad it inspired you, funny, beautiful woman that you are. Uh, the, the back, a little bit of a backstory behind this. Um, so earlier I was talking to Chris, and I was telling him how excited I was to have Rosie on the show. And uh, a few hours ago, and um, Chris said, you know, Aubrey Plaza loves Rosie and credits her with her move to Hollywood. And so I I contacted Aubrey and you were so sweet to be like, hell yeah. Um, And uh, but but um, I, I think we I guess we sort of all have those people that made us sort of believe in this idea. Yeah. Which... Of- that that we could, you know. Valerie Harper as Rhoda. I went to college for acting at Boston University, and the professor said to me, uh, Rosie O'Donnell, the part of Rhoda Morgenstern has already been cast. And I remember thinking, well, you watch, there'll be another Rhoda. Like, I didn't let him deter me. You know, I, I had only one goal... And I think you need that. You need that myopic focus to succeed in this business because rejection is is hitting you at every turn, you know? Every every audition mm-hmm. you don't get. You have to believe that that is where you're going or you'll never get there. Yeah, well, you have to be delusional, you know? Yes, and that I am. So, you know, I'm glad I another delusional little girl caught on to my delusions. <laughs> hey. Well, also, you know, what? Oh, no, no, no. you go, you go. Oh, no, I was just going to say, also, you know, I didn't have any uh, anything else to do because I don't have any other skills. You know, I don't, I don't, um, <laughs> Me either, honey. Skill. Me either. Is that, okay. Maybe parenting, but I don't think that's a lot of money in there. But uh, <laughs> that was the only other skill I had, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, you're very, very funny, Aubrey, and I'm proud of you. When you first got to Hollywood... Like, what was your journey? Did you face a lot of rejection? Were you able to kind of, like, did you succeed quickly? Like, I mean, I I feel like you did because you're so talented and beautiful. Me? Yeah. yeah. You. Well, my whole thing was such a weird story because, like, basically... I mean, I, I have, I had a lot of, you know, early, you know, normal kinds of early, you know, rejection, like every other actress in New York that's auditioning for a million things. But, um, but I was living in Queens and I was waitressing and I was, you know, were you a good waitress? I bet like, you were. 
Was I a good one? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was a good one. Well, my customers really liked me because I would give them free shit all the time, but I would get fired a lot. Where in um, Queens? I made a... Where in Queens were you? Well, I didn't waitress in Queens, but I lived in Queens. I lived on 36th Avenue and 32nd Street. In, in, a, uh, in Astoria? Astoria. Oh, honey, you ready yeah. for this? I lived on 36th and Dittmore's. Can you believe that? When I was like 18 and I was starting to do stand-up in the city, that's where I lived. Yep. Oh, my God. Uh, That's where I lived. And the building I lived in uh, is condemned now. I think they burnt it down after I moved. Well, you know, a girl's got to clean, honey. A girl's got to clean. But so, yeah, so, you know, I was like, um, I mean, the short version of the story is, Judd Apatow was doing like an open casting call for his movie Funny People and I didn't really have an agent or anything but this one woman that was like kind of a junior agent saw me in a, at a comedy show and she uh, just kind of took a chance on me and let me submit a tape for it and then I found out that they really liked my tape, but they needed to cast a stand-up comedian and I wasn't doing stand-up, I was just doing improv and sketch comedy because in my mind I was like trying to be on Saturday Night Live mm, you know too. and I was like really into the improv world um, so they were like we really like you but uh, we can't cast you in it because it has to be a stand up comedian they have to write their own jokes and stuff so I started doing stand up and taping myself and just writing stuff like just really fast and then sending those tapes and then like I guess once Judd saw that the tapes he like thought like he believed that I was a stand up and then they ended up casting me in it, and then they flew me out here, out to L.A., and had me just immediately start doing shows. Like, the third time I ever did stand-up, I, w- I went after Adam Sandler. He made me go after him to, like, I don't know, Dang, that's amazing. Yeah, and that's a tough gig following so, Adam Sandler. Yeah, it was kind of fucked up because I didn't really know what I, I was, like, pretending like I was doing it, <laughs> was doing it, but I was doing it, so... Uh, I bet you were amazing. It was a very weird, quick thing where I, like, went from literally, like, getting fired from a restaurant to, like, performing with Adam Sandler in, like, a week. It wow. was bizarre. Wow. That is amazing. Well, you've done good, kid. Yeah. You've done good. Thanks, Mommy. You're welcome, <laughs> honey. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Um, Aubrey, can I be uh, annoying and maybe ask you to come do this podcast sometime? Would you feel like doing that? There's, yeah, I'll there's do really good, say. really good wine, Aubrey. Really good wine, and funny people that we give advice and to, and the cutest baby you've ever seen. Where are you doing it from? Where are you guys in a base in a garage or something? It, we're in my dining room in. Oh, up, fun! Yeah. 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 Will you come? Will you please come? Yeah, I'll come. I'm unemployed right now, so I'm just like you know staring at the wall, trying to figure out what I'm going to do. So I'll do whatever. Just tell me what to do. Oh my god, <laughs> I love you. I love you. I do too. You're the greatest, Aubrey. Thank I love you. you. Thanks, guys. Rosie, will you text me? I want to have dinner with you or something. Yeah. When are you coming back to New York? Uh, December. I need to come back in December. Okay. Me, you, and Tashi will do it. Oh my God! Yes, all right. You guys have to, and then make a little recording. We will. We can. We can post it on here. I love it. I love it. All right. Thank you, honey. Aubrey, Bunny. you're the best. Thank you. You guys are five.
used to get uh, Mina Suvari a lot. Oh, I don't know who that is. American Beauty. Hated so much, I blocked it from my mind. <laughs> Couldn't watch it. Disturbed me. Like, I don't even remember it, but I know it won the Oscar, and my friend produced it, Bruce Cohen, and mm. I remember thinking, Ugh. like, I, I couldn't even get through it. Um, I love you for that. Um, who else did I use? Oh, well, back, way back in the day, Britney Spears. I could see that. But I'm Who I not, think is lovely. Like, as I don't have... The lit. I don't have her, like her beautiful facial structure. I have a little more of a Seattle facial structure. No, stop but. it! You're so adorable, and you know you are. Thanks. You would not be. You. You're just very, very freaking cute. Go on. You are. You're adorable, and you're freaking funny. I was telling your uh, producer here on the way up. Every line, you got to laugh on every freaking line. Thanks. You make, you know, a meal out of every single thing, and you never miss. And I was like, you know, and all I got was slow down, slow down. Oh, slow no, down. no, 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 no. But the same with you. No, you're, uh, I just want more of you. I want more, Rosie. Okay, well, I'm available, and uh, I'll be flying in as soon as he calls me. Go now, ahead. are you going to be mad if we tie you up later on tonight and sort of put you into a sleeping bag and <laughs> not at all in fact i've often dreamed of that no and no if i didn't have eight and a half pages heard. of the fosters tomorrow oh which i do um <clears throat> oddly but I, I didn't know it we re- we did the read through today for what i perceived to be next week's episode which i thought i was just going to sneak my scene in on thursday and today i got the run through at like three fifteen. scenes 18 and 19 i'm like there's no scene 18 and 19 in this script Oh, no, from the script we read today. Holy fuck. Like, I'm like, okay. Okay. So when I get home, I'm going to learn them. Oh, my God. You're going to be amazing. Thank Easy you. Easy peasy. And I'm going to go over to your dressing room, because I know Great. where it is, and say, do lines with me, Ferris. I love it. Okay. I love it. Please. Right. I will. I will grill you, and okay. I will make sure they are pounded into your head. Okay, I've got a great memorization strategy. And you are very good at memorizing. Thanks. I felt stress about that, too. I kept holding the script. Everybody was off the script. It was a hard week for me, but I loved it. And I love that Mimi Kennedy. Oh, she's the and best. And I love the baby of that Beth. I love that baby, her adopted baby. Oh, yeah. I don't, yeah they don't call great. babies eight-year-old. I call anybody without puberty. Hello. Hey, Ryan? Yeah. Hey, Ryan. It's Sim. You're on with Rosie O'Donnell and Anna Ferris. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Hi. 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 How are you? So what's on I'm your mind, Ryan? Well. We're what's so... What's on my mind right now? Well, I don't know. I'm going to finish this beer. Oh, my God. First <laughs> we of have all, some a, wine. I love that. But B, um, thank you so much for submitting a question. Yeah, for sure. We're really excited to talk to you. What's up, Ryan? Okay. What's up? That's Rosie. I don't know a lot. Just uh, submit an email to Sarah's about non-existent love life. Hmm. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Oh, we're so <laughs> and unqualified. Lack of sexual allure, apparently. Yeah, me too. We're very unqualified, so hit us with what you got, and we'll do our best to mess you up. Yeah, um, you might have to like refresh my memory on the email. I know that it was a uh, well. You, pretty much you, t- you how- wrote you wrote in about uh, you. You know, you think you're a prude, and you want you're wondering if that's okay or something to do with that, right? Yeah, like, I don't know. I get a lot of flack from people for you know not being like. Like promiscuous, I suppose is the correct word, especially from 
like friends that are drunk all the time. How old are you? 29. And are you gay or straight? I am gay. And you have had sex with how many people? Two. Okay, so just so you know, I'm 53 and I've had sex with nine people. So I do not think you're a prude at all. Um, but I do think that probably you and I are not the typical gay and or straight sexual people in the world today. I think that, that it's not really typical to only have had two lovers at 29 yet. At 29, I believe I only had two as well. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Well, that makes me feel better. I, okay, good night. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> good, take it. No, I, I, and I, like, I think at 29, I had, uh, I had three lovers. And what's the word lover? I know. Well, what they partners, they weren't. What are you yeah, yeah, they were. Yeah, lovers. I may be giving them too much credit. Yeah, but um, <laughs> three genital to genital <laughs> connections. <laughs> but um, I, I was. I just wasn't ever the kind of person that between sort of my own physical insecurity and um, uh, like emotional guardedness, I just never felt like I could easily sleep with people. And I actually think that 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 might not be the worst thing in the world. I think, I don't know. Um, Do you feel bad about it, Ryan? No, I don't. I, mean, I don't feel bad about it. Like, A lot of it, I think it just stems from, like, you know, my mom was, like, she wasn't super happy whenever I came out or whatever, and I think she kind of, like, threw all these things to me about kind of, like, you know, like, STDs and AIDS and all that jazz. I'm all like, hey, mom, not every gay person gets AIDS. And so a lot of that happened, but, you know, but, you know, I kind of promised her that I would always be safe and yada, 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 and, um, how old were you when how old were you when you came out to your mom? Thirteen. And what was her reaction? Uh well I, I was essentially condemned to hell that day, I think. Oh no, so I'm you, so sorry. <laughs> you're a born again Christian. No, family? no, I mean uh, no, like you know, I was kinda of like raised super secular until I was like eleven or twelve and my uh, my mom like like crazy Pentecostal and I was like, Holy shit, stop talking to tongues. And um <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, and then that just kind of happened. And, you know, she was like, you know, so cancer. And, you know, oh. I was moving back and forth from, you know, where I live now in, you know, Los Angeles and yada, yada, yada. And, um, and then, you know, she died. But, she, like, before she died, she was, like, super proud to have, like, a gay son. And she was, like, a P-flag mom, essentially, whenever she passed. And so she always, like, kind of instilled that same, like, mentality of, like, you know, don't go out and... You know, slap around, right? Don't whore around, right? And so, are all your friends kind of hookup guys, like you know, gay Hollywood kind of West Hollywood? Yeah. I, I honestly, I I honestly don't have a lot of uh, like male friends. The ones that I do have, like, they look at me like I'm a unicorn. Like, (laughs) they're like, "What's happening? Why aren't you doing coke in the bathroom?" I'm like, "I." I don't know. Like, like. I consider myself, I call myself a lesbro because all of my friends are like lesbians and they're awesome and they can play music and it's fun. Yeah, and I will say that, you know, stereotypical lesbians, you know, what does a lesbian bring on a second date? A U-Haul. What does a gay man bring on a second date? What second date? So that's the, you know, the standard line that everyone says. And I I think that I know a lot of gay men, including my brother Danny, who's a year older than I am, who has been with the first man he ever slept with when he was 17 in college. And Yeah, and they've been together, you know, he's 54 years old now, so... And his birthday's tomorrow. So happy birthday, Danny. But um, happy birthday, Danny. There you go. So I, I don't think you should feel bad about it unless that you're repressing your desire. Are you repressing it, or does this feel like more of who you are? Um, I, I mean, the honor is that like, I just feel kind of like that's who, who I am. Like, I'm not like a super like sexual dude. Like, yeah. honestly, I don't really think about it. I think more about, like, you know, babysitter's club books and, yeah. you know. Yeah, <laughs> right. You're definitely a lesbian. I got to tell you, Ryan, that's very lesbianic. I mean, honestly, like you know, I, I lesbianic. Yeah, yeah. Le- lesbians yeah. on the whole, and and now there's Not a damn there's a new uh, kind of genre or age um, of lesbians that are kind of the hookup girls, and and they go out and and act a little bit more stereotypically like gay men, but on the whole, lesbians really do merge they kind of kiss and and the kiss is the seal and then they move towards togetherness and and i know a lot of gay men who are like that and they usually end up being parents i don't know if you have any desire to be a parent but that's what i have found i also think too though that there is a a little bit of a cultural surge and in the idea that men are supposed to have men heterosexual homosexual are supposed to have incredibly high sex drives Mm. and i have a a handful of girlfriends who will tell me that they want to have sex more than their man wants to and it makes them feel bad because we've been taught that men have crazy sex drives and when you you know it's a little bit ego crushing for a woman Whereas for a man in your in a heterosexual relationship, he will be like, um, you know, approaching you, and you're like, I don't feel like it, I have a headache, and he's like, oh, okay. But when you want to be like, I I would like to make love to you, and he's like, oh, baby, I w- I really want to play this video game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then, but but I do. So I wonder though if we've been conditioned to the idea that 
men have wild sex drives and if they don't live up to that expectation then there's some kind of problem yeah yeah i think that's right. true yeah i definitely think that's true and and i think there are some men that that have a lower sex drive and and have a different maybe moral compass not that uh, one moral compass is better than the other i don't have a judgment of people who are able to be uh very um sexually experiment what 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 would be the words promiscuous and, and without any self um judgment you know i have friends women who are who are gay women who are to me, act a lot more like gay men. And this is a new kind of thing because in the olden days, and I am 53, uh, in the olden days, gay women, that was the joke is that they, they, you know, hook up once and, and they're together for eight years. And, you know, for gay men, they hook up nightly and they're never together. So I don't know. There, there's always a middle ground between both extremes. And I think you should follow your heart. And if you don't feel as though you're missing something and you don't feel as though you're repressing your your desires, which I think, you know, is a dangerous thing for any sexual preference, um, and you're where you want to be, then, you know, love yourself and, and know that your mother took this amazing journey from rejection and uh, to acceptance and that many mothers never get to do that and you did it with her. And now that she's gone, you know, be the man you want to be. And if that's a man who doesn't have a lot of partners, that's okay. And if it's a man who has a lot of partners, that's okay too. You be who you are and, and know that um, it's okay no matter what you decide. Oh, well, thank you for that. You're welcome. I feel like Dr. Laura right now, a gay Dr. Laura. <laughs> but I feel, I don't I'm know. I'm doing better. I don't feel like a unicorn anymore right now. Uh, oh. We're unicorns, honey. Don't forget it. All, or, or, all the gays or, are. Whatever. Wait, 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 what if I'm sort of gay, but I can't be a unicorn? You're a unicorn, too. <laughs> but the <laughs> gays you. are all unicorns, and some of you straights, we're going to accept you as unicorns, oh, thank too. Thank you. You're gay positive, is I Thank you. Yes. Thank you. I think Allison Janney is, too, because she thought I was a good kisser. Yes, she did. Mm. Oh, thank you so much. Ryan, thank you I, so I wanna much. I want to hear, like, I want to yeah. hear more about your story. Yeah. Thank you, Ryan. We really appreciate it. And, you know, call us back. We'd love to hear from you again. Yeah, for sure. Okay. All right, honey. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. Bye. Have a good night. How cute is he? What a lovely oh. guy. It must be hard to be a gay man and feel as though you have pressure to be like a fuck boy, as they were talking yeah. about before. You know, not every gay man is that. And not every gay woman is, you know, a monogamous merger who wants to just cuddle. You know, there is a spectrum for all of us on every single level, whether it's intellectual, emotional, or sexual. And it's okay to be who you are as long as you're not trying to be something that your mother wanted or that society wants. To be who you are and be able to own it is the ultimate freedom. I, I really love that call because I think this is the first time where, yes, we call ourselves unqualified. But I really felt that the two of you just gave such amazing advice. You really made his well, night. Rosie did. High five, and, Anna. And well, seriously, you Rosie, did. you really did. Listen, this has been so much fun. I kind of like want to do it every week. Would just, you? Can I be your co-host? Yes. I don't know. Is that yes. rude to ask? I'm like I just, totally I taken. That- I'm like, move over, Shirley. Here comes Laverne. I don't know. It's like ridiculous. But. I, that is the highest compliment. We've had a couple of guests that sort of feel the same way, which it really makes me I'm just my heart is bursting 
um, because the, our big goal was just to have a really nice time with people that we love. And thank you thank so you. much. Thank you. Thank you and all. If it's you, been really fun. Like, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm going to... I'm going to tie you up. Well, just so you know, um, I'm home like you. I do not go out. I'm home with my children nightly. I'm binging something on Netflix. I am totally, you know, and next is Parks and Rec because I feel bad that I missed it. But I'm telling you, if you ever go like, uh, we don't have a caller, let's call Rosie. I'm home. Perfect. Oh, my God. I'm so home. We're taking would, you up on uh, that yes. for sure. I don't yes. go anywhere unless I'm it's gonna, a Broadway I'm opening. You right now. And I don't even go to the party afterwards. I go home right after the show. <laughs> You're delightful, and oh, thank you thank all you very so much. much. Thank you, Rosie O'Donnell. Thank you so much. Ditto, baby love. Yeah.